In the age of Instagram and social sharing, brick-and-mortar businesses offer a unique advantage that even the biggest and best online platforms can't compete with. On Brick and Mortar Reborn, we talk with business owners and industry experts about what they're seeing work best for brick and mortar businesses who aren't just competing with their online counterparts, but thriving in spite of all the options that customers now have. We'll share exactly what you can do to set yourself up for success with an experience that wows your customers and keeps them coming back for more. And now our host, Bobby Maramat. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Brick and Mortar Reborn. Today we have a very special guest with us, Bilal Soilu, founder of Scooby. Bilal, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time today. Um, you know, before we kind of go into you know, asking uh, for your expertise here in a, a bunch of different, different realms, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of a background of, of Scooby and how it got started and, and what you guys do. Scooby got started actually um, working in the privacy field, concerned mainly initially about how data moved from consumers to companies and the data life cycles and compliance elements associated with it. What we noticed when we completed that build is that we had something very unique in terms of our workflow engine and were able to build useful use cases um, for other industries. And we started looking around and found the retail and hospitality industry as one of the primary areas that we could target and build great solutions from that perspective. Uh, We actually recently got selected as one of the top winners in terms of startups by uh, the Accor Hotel Group uh, when we had a shootout with about 40 other startups for our tech. So that was very reassuring that we were hitting the mark. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, so so what what's give me uh, walk me through kind of a, a typical client that uses you, how they use you, what you provide to them. So from the retail perspective, we provide anything from the um, contactless, strict on I'm going to pay a dollar amount to you to a full shopping experience, meaning you walk into the store as a consumer and you don't have to have any presets. This is something that we believe in completely uh, removing all friction. We walk in there, we see a product or good, I can scan it on my mobile device, immediately put it in my virtual shopping cart, even though I'm in the real store, shop around, have communication with store employees that are not even necessarily in the store. So we're talking about removing employees from stores that don't need to be present, having an experience in terms of finding products, digging into the, I guess, uh, the elements of connectivity between online as well as in-store shopping if I needed to get something that needed to be delivered to me, as well as checking out anywhere. Those are things that we deliver from basically from the very basic elements to a more complex shopping experience that can can be made available through our systems. That's what we do. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and, and walk us through maybe, you don't have to give a name, but like a, a company that uses you and, and, and you know, particularly if you can walk us through that use case completely. Uh, you just walked us through the general one, which is great, but you know, particular to a, to a to a retailer or restaurateur. Yeah, for let's let's uh, let's take a restaurant for example. You use our system from from basically as you walk in and sitting at a table. You'll have a table card that says, please scan me to start your experience. You scan that experience, the menu will pop up. You can uh, see all the menu items like we would on an online um, ordering for, let's let's not mention them, but one of those delivery services. And you can actually compile your order that way and send it to the waitress for uh, review. The the waitress or waiter will review it, send it to the kitchen. And while it's in the kitchen, you'll get information saying, we're cooking your burger at this moment. It's 10 minutes away. 
even though you are in the restaurant. The food would be brought out to you. You can add on to your order as you like. You can continue communicating. And as whenever you're ready, you just say check out and pay and leave. That's one would be one of the experiences. That's a, that's a great use case. And and what are you seeing as far as, you know, of course, uh, you know, there's a lot of adoption towards technology prior to the pandemic. But what have you seen as a part of the pandemic as far as customers and, and how they're moving to more of this use case? They are mainly concerned about removing anything that was touch-related, anything that had contact in, in, in any form or shape or manner, or acquired people to queue up in lines or be close to, uh, to each other. Um, was looked, I guess, very closely at. And what we're seeing in terms of adoption curve is just the basics first. People are not trying to think strategically about shopping experience or a restaurant experience at this moment. Uh, what we've seen in COVID is people just want to like, how can I just run the payment? Because many times the let's call it the political environment, isn't stable, meaning they, they get regulations day uh, in day one, and that will be reverse day two. So the, the shutdown, not shutdown, in-store open, not open, depending on where we are, it was chaotic. And that chaos drove to simplicity. I want to be able to take online orders. I want to be able to take payments without touch. That That was phase one. And I think we will see that conclusion go through the end of the year, maybe a little bit into next year. And in, in 2021, we'll look more holistically looking forward as a retailer or as a, a restaurant. If I've survived this long, what will the future hold for me and what technology patterns should I adopt? And that's when we expect the more complete experiences to be targeted rather than just the, I guess, the point pains that were identified previously. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And, and as you're, as you're, kind of working with different retailers and, and restaurateurs and just hospitality companies. What are some things that you, you know, always remind these companies that they need to think about when they deliver that in-store experience? I would say there are really three themes that we would have people look at. There is the theme of space, right? How do you use the space in the store or in the restaurant? And one of the objectives there long-term, we believe, is to reduce the people that are actually in the space with other people. And overall, that, that theme translates to a, a, a short that we have developed, which is basically social distance with digital closeness. It's kind of a moniker that encapsulates the idea that even though we are separate in space, we don't want to lose that connection because that connection actually gives to the experience that people are seeking. We can talk about a lot of generational divides because it's the unfortunate thing is when we're looking at trends and studies and so forth, not every one behaves the same way. There's actually a generational divide between Gen, Gen Z, millennials, Gen Xs, and baby boomers. They don't always seek the same experiences. But overall, we, we encourage people to plan for more of a, an engagement with the brand while people are in, in their facility. Don't treat them as a number, a quote-unquote customer. Treat them as Pat. Treat them as Jane. Understand what Jane and Pat want. And based on that, give them the experience that they seek. That will necessarily have to be combined with mobility and on online presence. You can't just assume that online will go away or will be lessened. Actually, the, what we are seeing from our conversations and some of the studies there is that there was a drastic shift to online, as everybody knows, right? Some studies say one in four, some studies say one in five, moving more than 90% of their purchasing online. That's a tremendous number of change. Or if you're looking at the time span, nine months, it's like a cataclysmic change to a certain degree. Not everybody's going to come back 
to physical retail unless there's an incentive, there is enough or sufficient difference between that experience and online. So we are preparing our customers and our people that we talk to to create those experiences and think about them, not necessarily all in our technology, but think about them. What does the, what does the brand mean? How do, does the brand engage with people while they're in the store, while they're online? How do you merge that so it doesn't really, it doesn't have a barrier as, 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 as you would normally think about it, where there are distinct businesses? Your overall business has to be engaging with the customers, not just your online, not just your retail. And what have you what have you seen with some of these uh, you know uh, these folks as they're implementing new strategies? Have they you know in, in the locations where there's a sales associate or you know someone kind of helping the customer? Have you seen that role change? Not immediately, but the this is the uh, the interesting part for because the um, there has been quite a bit of work that sales associate had to do and relearn, and they were exposed to a lot of things over the last nine ten months that if we had known early on, we probably wouldn't have done it today. But we're looking at a theme of where whatever can be removed from the store in terms of service should be removed from the store physically, but made available digitally, if that makes sense. So when you were you know, previously being encouraged to go find that sales associate in the store, right? Like if you take a, a, a re- large retailer that target, like having all these uh, end caps with, hey, here's an information booth, here's a phone to call somebody, or you know, go find that person, that, sh- that is probably going to go away. Instead, you will have some sort of digital connection mechanism. You don't have to go find. Uh, you just press a button wherever you are, and the information is right with you. And we, we talk in omni-channel in terms of communication. We're not just talking phone. We really need to look at retail experience from any channel that the customer wishes to engage with you, whether it's text, whether it's video, whether it's WhatsApp, whatever they use, you should be available to be contacted on that channel. And those customers should be able to ask the question. They're standing in front of, this, let's say, a, a, um, a box of macaroni. Why, why that? Or why, why pasta? I don't know. It comes to me right now. But if they're in front of it, the experience should be as easy as them tapping that button or that scanning that QR code that connects them immediately to a call center-like experience where you've taken experienced people from the store, moved them either to their home or into a call center, and given them the tools that they can immediately answer those questions. What can I do with this box of pasta? What's the quickest way of preparing it? What are the five other ingredients I need to buy in order to make this a, a great dinner? Or what other things do I need to get in order to make this a great lunch? Those are kinds of things that you need to be able to answer quickly. Similar things in terms of, let's say, uh, you want to you buy a, a pair of pants. What other pieces or garments would go with this in the store? What, how can I make this last for a combination uh, for a few days? What, what are the things that can, I guess, move this up and, and make it more appealing to me as a customer? Uh, buy this blazer, buy this shirt, and look at the color combination thereof. I'm trying to, I guess, hopefully clearly define that help needs to be available anywhere in the store quickly and on, on any channel. That's really what I'm trying to summarize too. And as, as you're doing this, I think, you know, one of the things that we've been, as we've been talking to different uh, industry experts like yourself is, you know, there, there's ways to, you know, create that communication with whether it's a digital associate or, you know, be, being able to find that help when you want to find it. But to your point, not really pushing towards kind of human help if we if we can get that some of that help digitally and create that closer connection that'd be important 
But as you do that, what are some of the goals that retailers have? Is it to preserve revenue? Is it to create a better experience? Is it to increase revenue? What are some of the goals that you've heard? We have heard the goal of efficiency. It's, it's basically, we're putting all this technology in. How can we make it so that it becomes more efficient? How can one, one associate deal with 15, 20, 30% more transactions than they used to be able to do before? We want to have safety. We want to make sure that when we put this in, we, we are addressing our immediate pains, which were related to, um, you know, a, a, I guess, a pandemic and, uh, and the virus and so forth. That has to be solved. But at the same time, can I put also things in that encourage customers to come back and purchase larger purchases, purchase things that are in association with their main item? So can I increase the individual ticket size? So those are the three themes that we see most of, I think, when we talk in future planning. And are there, um, you know, Bill, you've probably seen a lot of in-store experiences that have been built out over the years. Is there a favorite one that you can, you can call out that you maybe personally like shopping in? So here's the, an interesting comparison, though. Personally, I think there is a, a, an experience in, in terms of culture and country that I think is so far unmatched. And that's the Japanese retail experience, if you've ever been there. The question always comes down to why as a culture, uh, you know, when, when you, when if, and I don't know whether you've ever been to a Japanese retail store or you've tried to, it's just unmatched. I feel always like a Neanderthal when I come back and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, the refinement isn't there, the attention to detail, the person, personable and personal touch is not there. And I'm not saying that everybody has to reinvent that here in, in, you know, in, the, in the US, but what we need to pay attention to, I believe, is first of all, the attention to detail and the personalization that can come along with that. Being able to address the customer as an individual is very important and making them feel that way. That to me was the experience that I'm carrying it from a country, but when I, when I look at what is memorable, those were normally the memorable experiences where people knew me, they understood what, was, what I was wanting to do without necessarily having to be prying, right? So some, some of the technology solutions have that feel where they're looking too deep, they're taking too much of our privacy away, but there are other ways to look at it and be able to engage with the customer that make them feel valued rather than a number, so to speak. I do think the, the danger here is, or the, the unfortunate difficulty, is that not all brand engagements are the same. There are also generational differences between brands and how they should or could most optimally engage with their customers. So you should just be aware of that, that uh, Generation Z individual does not necessarily want to touch everything or feel everything in order to make the purchase, but they want to be, for example, engaged on social media versus, you know, uh, talking to baby boomer where, that's where, where you want to drive them towards the other side of it. They need to be able to experience more of your products and the selections and so forth. Unfortunately, I call it, it's, it's not one size fits all, but I think there's ways to address many. Yeah, it makes sense. As a particular entity is trying to really design theirs, what, what approach would you take? Like, how would you, what, what advice would you give that, that, uh, that hospitality or that retailer uh, that's looking to, to devise a, a strategy around this? I would look at three aspects, really, I would. I would look at the people aspect of it, you know, seeing whether we can take people out of the immediate, I guess, presence of each other, if, if we can, and still deliver the same service, and if, if not better service, 
if those people are um, doing it from a different location. I would look at what I call product discovery and experience technology elements. That means, can I create a mirror that you know helps people put things on and try on and gives them feedback that they're looking for that seems objective as well as appropriate? It shouldn't be like, I guess, the common thing as this jacket looks good on you and that every jacket looks good on you that that probably isn't you know coming across as honest to the shopper but if you say hey this jacket one number smaller would accentuate how you're wearing it and would let you look better and then you can combine it with let's say this coat on or with this uh, with, with this shirt now that would be an experiential technology delivered in a mirror kind of environment that looks like a camera look at that what an experience so we're looking at Experience-driven technology with them. Discovery technology, similarly, because when you go into a store, why should you go in there if I can get it online? What is that extra thing? Is it the elements of gamification? Is it the element of community that you can bring to the store? How can we enable that and power that with technology? And I, I guess the, we also need to think of brand engagement tech overall in through all the channels that people are communicating with these with the retail or the hospitality provider themselves like uh, you know social media presences uh, like communication channels um, on Facebook or anywhere else that people are communicating you want to be there mobile is something that people should think even in physical retail so how can you give tools to your shoppers while they are in your store that are non-intrusive. That is also a th thinking point that we want people to think through extremely well. Makes sense. And, and you, you touched on you know some technologies uh, potentially and using use of that technology in store. Is there technologies that you think have been adopted at a faster pace? Of course, we know like the contactless payments and and stuff like that. But are, are there things that you've seen adopted faster than you than you thought initially? You hit it right on the head. Contactless payment was the first thing everybody was jumping on. They, something interesting happened that rarely happens in an industry when we're looking at the payment industry. And contactless payments were not new, right? If you're looking at it, Apple Pay had been probably struggling to gain market share for, for about five, six years. Similarly, Google Pay and Samsung Pay, all, all these providers that were really pushing the contactless experiences. What they were lacking is consumer adoption. People looked at it and said, ah, that's interesting. The people that, that were adopting it were mainly merchants because they were, I guess, attracted by the security aspects that, that these new payment systems were bringing. What has happened in the last nine months is a complete switch. The consumers were demanding it. It's a consumer pull element now than a supply push. And that was the thing that was adopted and is still being adopted mainly in these channels and in retail and hospitality. But other things are coming. And I think the, this is the front-facing thing. Now the whole supply chain is being evaluated. What are, what are we touching? Why are we touching it? And those are the next technologies that are being looked at. What do you think, uh, what's the future hold? What are some of the areas that the, um, we're going to see as far as technology goes in the future here? We are thinking that the divide in the store that you know that there's an online business versus a non-online business is going to be really examined closely and we may see things where a retail store is not a retail store any longer 
it may be an outlet for you to try things on. I think Bonobos, if I say that right, that were, <laughs> they were recently purchased by Walmart. They are basically one of the examples of that. You, you can't buy anything directly in their quote-unquote stores. They are really an experience outlet uh, rather than store per se. Similarly, could technology provide something like an Instagram outlet, right? So think about it. The only purpose you go in there is to engage with the brand and create Instagram pictures. Why not, right? So similarly, the extensions to online should be very easy, right? If you are in the store, you, you, you communicate with an associate. You know, you say, I want these pants at one size down in green. The associate says, hey, we don't have it in this store. You want to go to the store like a mile down or do, should I send it to you home? It should be there in 24 hours. And here, pick up the blouse. Boom. These merge experiences, that's what, should, what technology should power because that's the reason people are coming to the store. They want that engagement in, in a way that makes their lives easier. Anything that speaks to time and convenience will always win. So technology elements that address those for sure will be looked at by all of the retailers. One of the things that, you know, I was reading about, um, you know, one of the things that you, you uh, I've talked about is really helping retailers be their stewards of their consumer and store data. Tell us a little bit more about how you actually, you know, quantify that for a retailer or hospitality provider. You're referring to gathering data for analytical purposes or? Yeah, you, yeah gathering it and then how, how to use it effectively. Really, that's, that's the main question, right? Because I think that in a lot of elements, at least, you know, clients that we've kind of spoken to, they receive a lot of data, and then it's like, what do I do with this data? And, and so how do you help them quantify that? You know, uh, Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have uh, AI models that we help develop for stores uh, in terms of the data that, they, uh, that they're able to generate out of the shopper activity. The difference between a real-world, I guess, shop versus an online is tremendous, though. You got to keep that in mind. While online, you can track every uh, click and every mouse motion. That is not necessarily easy to do inside a store unless you put a lot of hardware in or you, you put on a lot of things that we and nowadays also need to look at privacy in terms of collection of data points while people are visiting your store. So the mobile tools that retailers make available have to be transparent in in the ability to gather that data with the shopper but once that's available you can actually look at where you know shoppers why are they lingering in front of that cabinet but not making a purchase you want to identify those things maybe they weren't arranged correctly maybe the things that they were looking for it took them longer because they were at the bottom shelf where they, or they should be at the top shelf or the they couldn't find the information or couldn't talk to an associate how do you know the behavior walk patterns could give that away for example this person walked the aisle five times, but there was no associated near, near them, right? So this is the AI components and the camera components and hardware that, that do the image analysis saying this particular shopper could have been helped by a proactive approach or saying, hey, let's ding them and say, can we help you? These are things that we rely on associates on currently, but if we're looking at, into the future, we may have to automate and identify in a smarter way. And that's where the data analytics comes in. And we talk about real-time data analytics running through AI models that we build on the fly. We use cloud, um, let's say a giant cloud provider in th that has three letters that does a lot of the heavy lifting for us. <laughs> 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 
but we really do. We actually use those tools actively with, with the retailers. We build uh, AI models for them that we connect uh, to the hardware so they can uh, look at behaviors and optimizations that are becoming available that way. Uh, a lot of data is there. The question is, what do you do with it? And I think we help them proactively figure this out that way. And there's a lot of AI models that are already built that we can rely on to do that. That's awesome, Bilal. Thank you. That was a wealth of information uh, for our listeners. One question before we let you go. Um, you know, we know you're from the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Once travel gets back up and up and running, what are some fa- favorites of yours in the area? In the area, I like to go to the mountains, which is about two hours um, near Asheville. Where we have actually great recreational areas there. The coast is about four hours away in, the, in, in terms of going to the North Carolina coast, but I also like to go, um, I've spent quite a bit of time in, on the South Carolina coast uh, near Charleston. I like to visit there personally. And uh, those are the two areas that I think you, I can get to within four hour drive time. That's really my limit. And uh, <laughs> and after four hours, I'm really, uh, I'm thinking about more flying than, than, than driving. That's my personal preference. But um, I had to cancel a few trips this year, like everybody else, including if you going out to Japan, which I like to visit, and uh, Europe a few times because we, we do have customers there as well. Uh, it's just when I can go again, I'm, I'll be on a plane somewhere. It's just the question, where do I go first? That's awesome, Bilal. Thanks again for your time and appreciate it. Wealth of information for our listeners. And again, appreciate you taking some time out today. Oh, you're welcome, Bobby. Absolutely. Thank you much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Brick and Mortar Reborn. To find the resources mentioned in this show and detailed show notes, head over to brickandmortarreborn.com.